You are listening to the Heavenly Chi Podcast, episode 41. Today, our special guest is Yuan Duven, and we're discussing stems and branches in Chinese medicine clinic. Hey, everybody, I'm Fiona Gitchen. And I'm Claire Pyers. And today we're talking to Yuan Duven. Welcome to the show, Yuan. Oh, very nice to be with you. I'm very honored to see you having me. Thank you. Thank you. It's great to have you with us today. Yuan Duven, born in 1950, originally trained and worked as a physiotherapist in his own private clinic until 1990. During these years, he was also a teacher of anatomy, physiology, and massage at a college for physiotherapy. But earlier, in 1975, Yuan had commenced studying Chinese medicine. He graduated from the Dutch Society for Acupuncture in 82, and he graduated with a Bachelor of Acupuncture in 86 from the Netherlands International College of Oriental Medicine, ICOM. Yuan was personally invited by Dr. Van Buren to study at ICOM in England, where he completed his Masters of Acupuncture in 1991. He taught Chinese medicine at ICOM in the UK for 16 years. During these years and up until the death of Dr. Van Buren, Yuan was able to study and observe closely with him. In 1992, Yuan travelled to China with Dr. Van Buren and Pauline Van Buren to visit the colleges and hospitals of traditional Chinese medicine in Beijing, Chengdu, Hong Kong and Shanghai. Yuan sees it as his task to keep the legacy of Dr. Van Buren's work alive. This involves the clinical application of Chinese philosophy and the philosophical ideas of the Chinese calendar in the acupuncture clinic, particularly of the heavenly stems and earthly branches. Yuan is co-founder of the study center Pakua. He has authored several articles and a book called The Inner Flower, Energy of the Day Book. He also specializes in five-element acupuncture, pediatrics, pulse, and applies the philosophy of stems and branches, taking into account the constitutional energies by birth based on the Chinese calendar. The Heavenly Chi podcast is produced for your enjoyment and professional development. Show notes and continuing professional development resources are found at www.heavenlychipodcast.com. You can add Heavenly Chi Podcast to your favorite RSS feed, iTunes, or Stitcher. You can also follow us on Facebook. All links are in the show notes. We hope you enjoy today's episode, and if you really do, please rate us on iTunes. Okay, so welcome to the show today, Yoan. It's so great to have you with us, and um you know, it's great to be able to revisit this topic because uh, last year we recorded an episode with Rasheen Golding and talked about her book on stems and branches. It's great to have you with us to get another perspective on stems and branches. And so we're interested to know, how did you start getting involved with stems and branches acupuncture? First of all, thank you for having me. Uh, when I was younger, I started to study first Chinese massage and then I studied French acupuncture. Um, but I wanted to, to study with Dr. Van Buren and he had a waiting list in his college in Holland at that moment. Um, so I had to wait. So I first studied French acupuncture and then finally I started studying with him. And I still remember the first lecture he gave. 
um, I didn't understand so much, but he inspired me by his being, first of all. And then at a certain moment, he drew on the whiteboard, he drew a tree, but upside down, with roots in heaven, and then a stem, and then the branches downwards. And he said, this is what you're going to learn in the third and the fourth year. It's about stems and branches, uh, acupuncture. And I didn't understand that. Uh, what, but it, for some reason, the picture was all the time with me, all these uh, years after. And so when we started to study, uh, all the teachers left the college. And so he had to teach us from year one on. And so he started to talk in the second and third year, especially about stems and branches, and then he explained it to me. And how I understood it is that the, the stems and branches are rooted in heaven, uh, and they, they manifest in man. So they, they inspire um, man's consciousness. Um, that means that when you are born, at that day, at that time, uh, you are inspired by the energies of that moment through the heavenly stems and earthly branches. And Dr. Van Buren always explained that that we are all manifested what he has called had called the universal spark. And he said when the universal spark fragments, it it radiates energy, it gives energy, and it is up to us as men, as human beings, to answer back to heaven. And the stems and branches, they are part of that universal spark, that giving kind of energy. And within the stems and branches is also the answer back of, to heaven. Uh, how, how we talk, how we act, how we think, how, how we feel, how our emotions are. And it means that the more we are uh, focused on, uh, let's say, our desires, our frustrations, our angers, the more we are not connected to the, what he called the vertical axis, what I call the spiritual axis. And the more we are attuned to that vertical axis, the more we are connected to the true nature of our being. And the way he explained is that when you work with stems and branches, your own birth chart, the energies you receive from, from your birth, the more you attune people to their true origin and to the, what he called, correct answer to heaven, what is called in, in Chinese medicine, uh, Jiang Qi, the correct upright Qi. Uh, so when he explained all these things in all these years, I was so attuned to it, that I liked it so much, because it matches, it matched still, till today, it matches very much the way I look at my own life, my, my surroundings, the way I want to live a life. Um, so it was not difficult for me to to learn it, to understand it, and to work with it. And I'm so very grateful that that he taught it to us. But he was not an easy teacher at all, because he um, he went from one subject to the other subject. You really had to find your way, and it was very difficult to ask the correct questions to him uh, <laughs> to get the right answers. <laughs> it was not easy, uh, but it was an incentive for me to to study, to try to discover what he meant. And the more I worked with him in clinic, and the more I could talk to him, he invited me uh, in his house sometimes with his wife Pauline to have a 
dinner, so we had talks about it. I was able to visit him in clinic, and I saw how he worked. And more and more, I started to understand that it is not a technical system, but it is a, a system which is alive, which is now, which is not based on on how do you say that on mechanical systems, but it is really making contact with the true nature of your patient through the true nature of yourself. And with that connection, you're able to work with the constitution of a patient to bring him back to his or her original path. That's how I felt about it from the beginning, but I didn't have the words for it. And more and more, when I grew into it, I started to understand what he did. And uh, I have tried to find the correct words for that. Mm. You know, that's really interesting. I've never heard the, I guess, that concept of, you know, being aligned to your destiny or, you know, having that, you know, when people just experience synchronicity in their life, you know, when they feel like they're on the right path. I've never, yeah. I've never heard that concept aligned as part of the definition of Zheng Qi. Really? Yeah. The, well, the, the, the classic Chinese text, that's really the, the old text, they, they described how man is inspired by the spirit, that we actually, as man, we are holding the spirit uh, through our heart. And um, they describe often the man between heaven and earth. Uh, and so man standing on earth is inspired by heaven but needs to be attuned to the earth to answer back to heaven. This is how Dr. Van Buren explained it. And the Genshi is rooted in, in the water, in the Zhe, in the Jing, and rises up, upright Qi, correct Qi, up to the, to the heart. Often it is, it is um, translated as the protective Qi. Um, but the upright Qi is the relationship between your Jing and your Shen. And that is the answer back from what we are on earth, back to the original source of our being, which is the heart. Um, most of the times when we talk about the heart, uh, we actually talk about the pericard. And the pericard is often, that is our relationship to the world, and this is where we find our desires and our um, emotional life. Um, when the pericard functions well, it listens and is loyal to the heart. And the heart is connected to the true spirit. So the Zheng Qi is the upright Qi uh, and uh, enables us to connect to the true spirit, which is inspiring us. That is your destiny. Ah, oh, it's just fascinating, <laughs> fascinating stuff. You know, I looked into stems and branches um, a number of years ago, and you know, I've been inspired on several different occasions to to look into it, and you know, even more recently, which I guess is still several years ago, when I purchased um, Rasheen's book and I started, you know, doing the calculations and kind of working out, you know, what was the, what was going on with the day and, you know, what was, what was happening around the time that I was born. 
and I just found it really technical and really complex and I just thought, oh, and I'm sure there's other people out there who just go, you know what, this stuff is just too complicated for me. I, I don't do maths. <laughs> um, you know, is, is there something that you can um, that you can say to make people feel less daunted by stems and branches? Well, in the beginning when you learn it, I must say when I taught it, Years and years ago, when I started teaching, um, I didn't have the tools to make it less technical, and I thought to myself also, this is really hard to teach. Um, when Dr. Van Buren asked me to to do the master's degree with him, which was an honor because he only had asked one person before, and I felt really honored. And so, yes, of course, I want to to learn with you and do the master's degree. And he said, I asked him what should I do it about? And he said, make something to, to be able to teach stems and branches. So I made a thesis about it. And after I passed that exam with lots of other aspects in it, not only the thesis, um, he asked me to teach at ICOM in England. At the beginning, it was for me also very difficult to make it not technical. Uh, the more and more I started to understand the deeper meaning of treating the constitution by bringing people back to their own true path, I started to understand the mechanisms of our uh, short-term solutions through desires and, and angers and frustrations and um, dealing with, all, with life as such. And some people you could bring back to their own energy, to their own heart to their own connection to the earth and heaven as the Chinese call it. it means to their own nature to their own inspiration to their own destiny the more I saw that uh, people are able to be happy and they come sometimes with pain and they are unhappy and sometimes they leave the clinic still with some pain but they're happy they they feel at home with themselves and um, what I try to teach at this very moment is, of course, also the technical details to calculate the, uh, the correct stems and branches of the day, the hour, the month, and the year, and to find all the implications of that. But also, how do people react, and how can you how can you diagnose with it, and how can you see where people are off track, and how can you bring them back through these their own constitution to their own true nature? And so that is at least at least fifty percent of the lecture, and in the past it was only about these technical details you were talking about. Mm. And so what I teach now is also post-diagnosis, but also diagnostic tools to understand that when somebody is born with a certain stem, that that leads to certain uh, characteristics in these people, and how you can find the imbalance in that, or when they are balanced or not. Uh, that is that is um, that is emotional work. That is spiritual work. That is some people you have to to talk freely about it. Some people you have to be more strict. Some people you have to to just be silent. And that's every patient is different because they are different. And so the the majority, I hope, of my teaching is not so much the technical details, but mainly how do you work with it. That definitely makes it <laughs> sound and seem less daunting. I can um, 
I can imagine having the extra context making it a lot easier to to go back. I'm I'm actually really interested now to to go and have another look. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're very welcome. I'm very pleased to meet you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hi listeners, at this point we're just about to start playing another recording that we did with Yoan. Unfortunately the sound was a little bit bad for the first few minutes so we redid it and now we're just going to jump back in and Yoan's going to explain a great deal to you. Enjoy. So Yoan, I understand that you were talking about being able to discover um, what people's tendencies would be for their constitutional elements in a little more detail and so that would also give you insight for example into what they may be seeking or drawn towards or craving that might be something that could harmonize their element or perhaps only harmonize it a little bit in the short term and so you can create better solutions for that. Mm -hmm. That's correct, yes that's okay. correct. That's just one part of it. What you asked is it very technical because that, that is really an issue because most people think it's quite technical because of all the calculations. Um, but what you do is actually, when you apply it on yourself, you start to understand yourself also better. Your own habits, your own ideas, your own uh, way of living is, is kind of an astrology chart, it is, the stems of logic, acupuncture. You make a kind of chart of yourself and you start to understand who you are. And that is so similar with patients. You start to understand and accept, accept also that some people are as well as they are. If people sometimes, uh, as I said, talk a lot all the time, um, it goes further than five elements. Five elements talking is related to, to heart energy mostly, but in stems and branches, as for instance, also related to metal. Uh, as a short-term solution for uh, for a patient or a person who has a tendency to have a weaker metal, because when you talk a lot, you want to make a connection to someone, you want to express yourself, you want to to um, define yourself, and that is part of metal. So when you see that, when people do that, you start to understand them, to accept them, even if it's uh, not always. Uh, nice to have people around you who talk a lot, <laughs> but you understand them and you, you can see how it works in people. And if it is an imbalance or working to more imbalance, and then you don't have to tell them don't talk so much, but you can treat them uh, and that should help them to have a different way of expression at the, at the longer term. Mm. And do you mean also like perhaps more socially compulsive communicating as methods of interaction? Definitely, definitely, yeah, yeah. yeah. I will try to give you an example, it's like a um, more physical example. If, if somebody has a tennis elbow, uh, normally in, in TCM you treat that with large intestine 4, large intestine 11, maybe large intestine 9 because it's on the large intestine meridian. Um, when you have a patient um, whose main energy is, for instance, uh, um, let, let me give an example like, like uh, um, Bladder and Woods. So that's a person who was born in a year like uh, 1982. Um, that means that in that case, it's not related to large intestine, 
but it is possibly related to the heart energy. And it can, it's quite difficult to explain that, but I will try. If somebody is born bladder in wood, it means that the metal can be too um, outgoing, too, uh, what we call too much wood in the metal. There can be too much stagnation in the metal um, as a result of that energy. And you can solve that better with heart energy than with large intestine energy. So it gives you different tools to, to treat patients. Can you, uh, can you place that information just by knowing what year people are born sometimes? Like a little bit, obviously not as much detail, but can you just have insights just from knowing the year? We, we make um, four charts. We make a year chart, which is the most important chart. We make a chart for the, the month they are born in, and we make a chart of the days, the day they are born, and we make a chart of the hour, which is the less important one. So the, the, what we call the four pillars, that is the stem and branch of the year, the month, the day, and the hour, um, help us to understand the energetic pattern of a person. And the year chart is the most important chart. Uh -huh. and, then, and then it's up to, to how people live their life, their, their, their habits, uh, and also how they were raised by their parents, how the Jing is, how the essential Qi is, is uh, in them. That combination helps them to understand the energetic pattern of their patient. And, and is the year chart, is this based on the Chinese lunar year or the Chinese solar year? It's, it's not based on, on the Gregorian calendar year or any of the above? No, no. It's, it's, it's both. It is the, the lunar year is important and the solar year is important. Um, the, the Chinese New Year, the start of the Chinese New Year, that's, uh, um, that's where we start the year. That is around January, February. And in, in the north, northern hemisphere, in, in Australia, that will be different. Uh, because your winter is different from our winter. Uh, so in Australia, that will be July, August, something like that. Oh, they do do the New Year in January, February in Australia. They do it on the, I don't know if it's a new moon or a full moon. Yes, um, I know. But from I the know, four pillars point of view. Yes, but that, that is actually very strange because, um, mm -hmm. well, that was a long time. It was a discussion with Dr. Van Buren, to be honest. Um, when Dr. Van Buren went to, uh, to Australia, uh, he had a college where he taught for some years. Uh, there was a student of his and he found a certain method. He said, shouldn't we do it like this and that? And as Dr. Van Buren is, he said, yeah, just try. And uh, <laughs> so for, for years, people did it like that. And before he died, uh, I just, I think it was a few months before he died, I, I was with him and said, well, Dr. Van Buren, is, is this correct? Because I don't understand it. This can't be correct. And so no, it's not correct at all. But <laughs> people tried it and times had to work with it. But nobody asked me if it's correct. It's not correct. And, uh, and then he said, it, it, uh, uh, stems and branches chart is actually for the whole world. And then we had a long discussion because I said that that's hardly possible because um, the, for instance, the Goldberg energy is is related to 
the, the winter time. It's, it's related to how Yang starts from the north coming up here in the northern hemisphere. So it's the beginning of light. It's the real beginning of energy. And so when you do that in the summer in Australia, that doesn't make sense because that's a, that's a different kind of energy. Um, the the Gobeda energy is, is related to, uh, in the I Ching, to a hexagram, which is when you write it down from bottom to top, Yang and then five yin lines. So it means that the Yang is returning. It's also called returning, this hexagram. So the Yang is returning in the winter, and then it grows through the liver energy, grows through the lung energy, large intestinal energy, and so on. When you go to the southern hemisphere and you do that in January, um, that doesn't make sense to the energy of of the weather of the of the cosmic uh, how do you call it the cosmic uh, constitution uh, because at at January it's very warm in your, in your country. You know that makes so much sense, but I've never heard of it. Doesn't mean it's not happening. But I'm get, I'm wondering if perhaps there's quite a large Chinese community in Australia. If if they just kept in sync with all their people back in China and families, because it's also a social family celebration community event for them. Yes, yes, true. The Chinese New Year will be. It's also in Holland. The Chinese New Year around the time is celebrated. But when you think about the practical applications. Mm. Uh, uh, it's, but this is how Australia became large because a lot of people from the northern hemisphere came to Australia to build Australia, and so they brought uh, the cultural habits, and they kept on doing that. Um, and it's understandable, but if you think about the concept itself, and you think about the Chinese hourly clock, which is based on the twelve earthly branches. When we think about the Chinese hourly clock, and we think about in the Chinese hourly clock, the gallbladder is in the north, uh, here on the northern hemisphere. And probably also it's taught in Australia colleges that the gallbladder is in the north. But when you look to the sun, the sun in the northern hemisphere, when it, it has its uh, highest moment in the day, is in the south. In your country, it's in the north. Yeah, mm. that's that's different. You know, this always really fascinated me when I was learning. Well, I guess when I was exposed to this information, because you know, all of the information that was available was all published and presented for people living in the northern hemisphere, and and I I worked out enough to know that you had to make adjustments for the southern hemisphere, but it was really difficult to find out how to make those adjustments and I knew that you had to either add six or subtract six, you know, to in terms of the, mm. the months to, to get the right. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, well, do we have to subtract it or do we add it? <laughs> it's just well, it's, that, it's really complicated to find out the answer. Well, that, that was tricky for me too. But to be honest, um, the only proof I have in that is are my patients. Because I also have patients from the Southern Hemisphere who were born in the Southern Hemisphere. Mm. And I tried to give you an example. It's like when people are born in a year ending with the three, let's say uh, 1973 or 1983, and they are born in a year what we call kidney and fire. The year after, 1984, 
they are born go bad in earth. That's how the, how it's called, and uh, it's with the stem Kuei and the stem Chia. These people are so different. So, when you are born, uh, let's say in the first half of this Chia year, go bad in earth. It means that that energy of go bad in earth gives you stability. Gives you uh, more that there are more people who know about their own direction in life. They know how to have a proper diet. They know how to, when they are healthy, they know how about, they know how to eat well. When they're not healthy, usually they eat a lot of sugar. But they, they are also more, uh, try to find the English words now, to know their limits. That's the good word, to know their limits. With the kidney and fire person, the Kuei-Stem, these people usually, the kidney is too fiery. They have a lot of willpower. They, they never can stop. They always continue doing uh, things and they, um, it's very hard for them to, uh, to have a certain kind of rest, especially when they're out of balance. When they are balanced, they know how to rest. But most of the people, they feel this fire energy inside themselves to, to continue doing things all the time. And so when people are born in the first half of this 1984, this GI year, in the Northern Hemisphere, that's quite clear. But when they come from the Southern Hemisphere, they show all the signs of kidney fire. And when you're good in post-diagnosis, it's very easy to find that there are born kidney fire. That led to the conclusion that when you are born in the first half of 1984, in the normal calendar, you actually, in Chinese calendar, when you're born Southern Hemisphere, you are born in 1983. Mm. So your, your Chinese New Year, you could say, is half a year later. I don't know why. I have no technical proof for that, but I have many patients like, like these, but also like others, where you can see they don't belong to that stem. They belong to another stem. And that would make sense with the yin and yang being the primordial energies behind everything. Yes. yes. So is this, can I ask, is this, because this is great information, these years ending in the number three and four, is that for any decade or are you specifically talking about 1983 and 84? No, it's, it's like when you're born after Christ, it is for all the people who are born in a year ending with the four or ending with the three. Yeah, these little little bits of information, these little nuggets just about people born with those year number endings, I think it's so useful. Would you be interested in going through the rest of the numbers for us from 1 through uh, 9 and 0? Would you do that? I think our listeners would get a lot out of that. That That is quite a lot of things I do that, but it, it's possible. It's uh, it's part of, of, of the lecture uh, I give in Stems and Branches lectures, and Stems and Branches lectures usually the first year is about uh, 12, year, 12 days, and uh, the first three <laughs> days, <laughs> the first three days is about uh, the heavenly stems and the great movement, as we call it. So there's a lot of information. Um, so I can give you a brief introduction of all these years, but to cover all that it will take a few hours, <laughs> I think. Oh no, <laughs> I don't mean in detail, I just mean like yeah. a little sentence example yeah, the, the, for each one yeah, like you, yeah. you did before, but if it's too much we can talk about something else. No, 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 but I can, I can give you some information, but um, it, to give it all, it's, it's related to 
the Chinese character of of the heavenly stem. So, to give you an example, when we are born in this year ending with a four, the heavenly stem Jia, um, the, the character of that is described as a, as a root or a germ uh, in its protecting sh uh, shell. So it's it's popping out. It's it's like a, a bud in its uh, protective shell. So it means that that means that something is trying to come out. It's not yet, but it, it's it's called Yang is moving in the east. So it means Yang is rising, but it's not yet. It's the beginning of life. So when you are in the springtime, you see these little buds coming out of the ground, the green buds. That is the goal by the earth. It means you take an initiative and you you know how to to find the light so it gives you direction and so when you go to the the next stem it's called liver and metal it's the stem e that is the shoot leaving out the skin so it means that when these green buds come out of the ground then suddenly there is growth there's a quick growth it's very much related to bamboo it grows very quickly so when you are born liver and metal, there's much more energy for growth uh, than in gold, bad and earth. So it means that also when you're emotional, it's very easy for you to get angry, uh, to uh, walk away or to, um, to be aggressive to someone, but also when you want to change, you, quick, you quickly change. But when you are born gold, bad and earth, this year ending with the four, it means that the change you have to digest it first to um, to get used to it. So the way you want to change is very different. And so when you're born liver and metal, that's a year ending with a five. It's much more easy for you to change if it's healthy. But if it's not healthy, you will be angry. You will get frustrated. So it's very important to tune it to your pulse diagnosis, your body diagnosis, to see if somebody's else, if somebody's healthy or not. Now, the challenge for somebody born called that in Earth, which is the year ending is a four, is that their spleen energy has a tendency to be weaker. So it means that uh, if they find a short-term solution to eat sugar, they get more out of balance. If they eat properly, like a proper cooked food, which is sweet by itself, then that's a longer-term solution. That means that they balance their energy. With liver and metal, the tendency is that the large intestine has a tendency to be weaker. It means that if they, for instance, are very greedy, they uh, they want to possess a lot of things. They they want to take in a lot of things. They eat too much uh, because they want to to receive things, which is very much related to metal. It means a short-term solution. That's unhealthy. But if they have the tendency to Go to introspection, for instance, to understand themselves, to um, to structure the inside. That's the longest-term solution that balances them. So this is this is how it usually works. That you uh, see how people solve their challenges, and from there on, you understand when things go go out of balance. So if somebody comes into your clinic and has a certain disease, being gallbed in earth then you can see is it related to this energy of the heavenly stem or is it not related to the energy of the heavenly stem and that's for all of them you know this is really interesting and it's reminding me of um 
there's a a person that Fiona might remember that we studied with, and he was a um, a Chinese feng shui master, and he um, he knew the four pillars, and you know, was a, he actually knew quite a lot of quite a lot of things, and he would he would be able to he would do these little calculations with his fingers. He would he would find out when someone was born, and he'd start doing this little counting thing, and he would then be able to know. All these things about a person. Fascinating. And it sounds is, like uh, he's doing that, what you were doing. <laughs> I think so, yes, because there are masters still in China, but they don't they were not allowed to teach it. Yes, yeah, no, he would uh, never teach us. Would never teach us. No, because it was it was forbidden. The the, the stems and branches acupuncture is very much based on philosophy. But um, um, it's not based on Techniques. It's based on understanding yin and yang in a way which is not taught anymore. And for a long time, the Chinese, the authentic Chinese philosophy was not uh, spread in China, especially uh, during the revolution. It was uh, was forbidden. Um, I still remember we had once a guy from from um, China come to to England when I lived in England. Uh, we introduced him to uh, to some people in England to teach, and he. He spoke to us, and he, he told us that he was a specialist in the uh, Neijing, and especially stems and branches, and especially the open hourly point. And for years, he was not allowed to talk about it, till in the West they started to talk about um, um, to uh, through science uh, to give medicines at a certain time of the day or a certain time of the year. That they found out the medicine during uh, according to time. Uh, that's just in hospitals now all over the world that they start to understand that when they give certain medicines in the morning, or in the afternoon, or in the night, they have a different outcome. When that and it, when that information came to China, he was a, he had to, the, the doctor his boss came to him and he said we need to talk about uh, open only points because that is based on. On time, so now you need to teach us that in China, and that was the first time he was able to talk about it because when he had done that before, he probably wouldn't live anymore. That's how he told me that. Wow. So I'm also thinking about how I mean I I'm pretty good with Western astrology, so I'm I I don't want to fully relate them to each other, but just understanding that we're looking at insights that we gather from understanding cycles of time and different energies that are more supported or less supported during certain cycles. Does that mean also say you're working with someone um and you know they come back year after year or for portions of the year you know as with all Chinese medicine we treat people differently during the seasons but I imagine that you'd also have a little bit more of a different focus based on the years too. Yes there, there's every treatment will be slightly different because of the energy of the day energy of the month and energy of the year so um, the stems and branches acupuncture leads to different aspects. In one way you start to understand your patient, but another way is that you understand also the time of the treatment, the energy of the time of the treatment. It means for instance that um, we have, let's say it's summer now here in Holland, it's quite hot, it was about, 
the last few days about was about 35 degrees Celsius, which is for us quite unusual. Uh, and then you can say there is a lot of heat. Uh, that is perverse energy. But according to the Chinese calendar, understanding the Chinese calendar, this heat is actually in the summer quite normal. It should be hot. So it means that that people uh, who feel very warm now, they, that's maybe excess of heat, but it's not perverse energy because it's a normal evolution of, of, of the climate. If it will be very cold now, let's say about 10 degrees Celsius, that will be perverse energy because that is not how it should be. That will, that will have an effect on all patients because that is perverse, perverse cold and that will um, imbalance the energy of people around. Um, so, by understanding the climate, understanding the energy of the day, understanding the energy of the month, you start to understand how uh, people are influenced by this climate, but also um, what is perverse energy or what is excess energy or what is normal energy. And the, this 35 degrees which we had the last few days is actually for this year quite normal. And so we get used to it, we don't suffer from that. Um, so uh, I will try to give an example of my patients. Um, there are winters where it's not cold anymore in Holland. Uh, it's too warm. That is probably also because of, of climate change, but it also is seen as perverse energies in certain, in certain years where the energy should be cold. That perverse energy leads to um, that the energy can't go inside, can't go to the root. Normally in winter the energy goes inside to the jing to root yourself, to get a good foundation of jing chi during the rest of the year. It means when you go to the winter time, sorry, to the springtime, and the energy comes up and it goes quickly up, and we have a early springtime and the 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 energy is rising in that person without a root. It's very easy to get, let's say, a throat inflammation or you get sinusitis because the energy is not rooted anymore. And especially in these people who have the tendency to have a weak root, it will happen quicker. So it means that when you understand the constitution of a patient going through winter, which is too warm, too warm it means that you can prevent that patient to be ill. Um, you can help him beforehand that he stays healthy. Do you understand? Yeah, <clears throat> and I'm I'm wondering because you know living in living in Melbourne in Australia we have a very volatile climate <clears throat> where the um the climate is often unpredictable and changes quite a lot and we can go from having you know a really like in summer we can go from having a you know a forty three degree day which is over 100 degrees Fahrenheit and the temperature can drop literally 15 degrees in the space of you know an hour or yeah. two hours and it can be you know really hot one day really cold the next really windy one day really still the next and even within days it can it can change quite a lot if you in a and there's other places in the world I'm sure that are like Melbourne if people are living in places where the climate is not consistent do we, like, does that affect, like, obviously we think that it affects people, but, you know, can we account for that by using the stems and branches? 
Yes, you can. But the um, the the stems and branches calendar is made uh, around the Yellow River area in China. So the description of of the twenty four seasons, the descriptions of all these years and all these climates I'm talking about, that is on that level of the Earth. Um, you can you can translate that to the southern hemisphere. I'm sure of. But when you go up north here in, in the Northern Hemisphere, you go more to Sweden or more to the North Pole, that will be very different. But you need to translate that. Mm. You need to translate what is given in the Chinese calendar to that area. So it means also when, when we go more to, to the south of Europe or we go more to Africa, still in the Northern Hemisphere, you need to translate that because, the, the for instance, in Sweden, the, the winter is much longer than in Holland. Uh, but the springtime is, is about three weeks, while here in Holland it's much longer. So you need to translate this calendar, and that is, is similar in Australia. Uh, uh, so what is normal for that, that level of the earth is very important to understand that. I never was in Australia, so I, I can't uh, talk from experience from Australia, but I can only talk about experience I had, for instance, in Israel, which is much warmer than here in Holland, and it was not too difficult to translate it. When you talk to Israelis about what's normal for for them, what is a normal climate for them, and then when you you uh, superimpose the, the qualities of the Chinese calendar, you start to understand the normal the normality of the climate, and also the the perverse qualities of it. If it's very normal that it changes a lot, then that's normal. Then you get used to that. Mm. You mentioned earlier um, that you know this really helps you do prevention work with people, which is, you know, the, the most richest parts of Chinese medicine. That all of this, if we harmonise everything, that what we're working with really is prevention. Um, yes. So, what about things like prediction? For example. Um, I used to do a lot more fertility work than I do these days, but I would always be casting a chart to help people try and figure out best timing for putting their energy and efforts towards certain goals. And I found that really useful. And I'm wondering how much of a big factor that is for you in your practice, just in terms of counseling and support for people. Very much, very much. The, uh, when you know the, the weaker aspects of patients, then you know certain times are not applicable for, uh, for treatment or you find good way for treatment, a good time for treatment, but also uh, what you say. The, if people want to get pregnant, I still remember the case with, I did with Dr. Van Buren in his clinic, that there was uh, a woman who, who really, really wanted to have children. And she had in her chart, she had a lot of metal. And that means a lot of dryness. And she asked this to Dr. Van Buren in years where there was a tendency for more dryness in these years. So he said, you just wait two and a half years and then you start and then you have the possibility to receive a child. And uh, obviously she tried all these years, all these two and a half years she tried, but <laughs> only after two and a half years she received that child because at the time there was no dryness anymore and since she had or herself she had so much dryness he said it's not possible for you to, to have it and he was quite um, 
black and white in that. He said, it's not possible in these years, because even if I, I treat you, there is too much dryness in the cosmos, there is too much dryness in you, and you don't succeed if there's too much dryness. So in yeah, addition, I just wanted to clarify, in addition to her having a lot of metal in her chart, which can indicate the potential for dryness, she she also presented with symptoms of dryness? Is that is that what you mean? Or was it just the dryness yeah, in her chart? No, 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 no. She, that, that won't help. The chart is just a chart, but it's how people are. Uh, but she was very dry, not, not only the skin, but also the muscles, the mm. way she, she thought, the way she expressed her emotions. It was very metallic, very metallic, all of that. Yeah. And that's okay. It's not a problem. It's, everybody is as he is. But in years where there is also a lot of dryness, that altogether, she was not able to, to conceive in these years. But the moisture wasn't going to return to the yearly chart for another two and a half years to support her yes. own chart to get pregnant. Yeah. You know, I see this kind of thing all the time with all different systems that understand cycles. I've also gone deeply into the Mayan calendar and, you know, I remember having an experience at 1am one night when I was young and a taxi driver was driving me home and had come through some Eastern European numerology lineage and this taxi driver gave me this amazing prediction and reading just based on knowing numbers, yeah. you know. But and, and I know it's that thing you're saying, of course, you didn't stop trying to get pregnant during those two and a half years, but sure enough, the cycles are accurate and the pregnancy occurs at the time when it's supported by the cycles. And I've just seen yes. that so many times. And, you know, I find it, it can really be useful when you're looking at someone who's actually burning up essential energy, putting effort into something at the wrong time. Yeah. 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 This 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 whole stanza branches uh, acupuncture is based on not so much on calculation, but is based on how the Chinese at that time when it was developed uh, saw nature, saw the the cosmic um, relationship to people. the The idea is that that stems and branches acupuncture, the heavenly stems are. They, they say, they describe the earth, so they look very much into nature and how the cycle in nature developed. And the earthly branches, they describe the, what we see in the sky, or how the, the heavenly chi is, uh, is influencing us. So you would expect different. You would expect heavenly stems is more heaven and earthly branches is more earth. But it's exactly the, way, the, the other way around. The heavenly stem, they describe the earth, and the earthly branches, they are the answer back to heaven, you could say, but according to the heavenly cycles. And they saw heaven as uh, as the beginning of the universe. The, the word Tian in, in Chinese, heaven, is from much later date. In, in the past, heaven was Shang-Ti, or Ti in short, which was a word of the heavenly emperor, and he was sitting or housed in the northern... Uh, how do you call it, the Northern Star. And we have here in the Northern Hemisphere, we have something called Big Bear or Big Ladder, and there's a Northern Star which is the center of the universe, like in the Southern Hemisphere, that is the Southern Cross. And so the Chinese saw Shanti as the heavenly energy which gave his energy to the Emperor on Earth, which was the 
Chinese emperor and he was the ambassador of the heaven on earth. And so the relationship between this heavenly emperor and earthly emperor was the Chinese calendar. So they looked to their environment, they looked to um, the development of nature and they described that and they translated that into energy of people. And um, the calendar was the relationship between these two emperors. And if every emperor also changed the calendar. And every famous emperor has changed the calendar a bit in relationship to the real astronomy to, to prove his power over uh, all the qi on the, in the world. And so this Chinese calendar, to understand the Chinese calendar means not only that you understand cycles here on earth, but you are in tune with heaven, you are in tune with, with nature, you are in tune with your own um, willpower, you are in tune with your own shen, you are in tune with your own yi, you are in tune with who you are. So the Chinese calendar is not only understanding cycles, but it's also understanding yourself from heaven point of view and from earth point of view. I find all this so fascinating. <laughs> Me too. You know, I'm going to. I'm going to have to study it. <laughs> I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to learn my third astrology system. <laughs> what would be the best book in English for someone to start with? You, there is no book to be honest. There are some books. It's like the the person you interviewed, like Royce and Golden. Mm. She 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 was. I think originally she was a journalist and. She was also a student of Dr. Fabian, and she wrote a book to understand the the ideas about it. I, I don't agree with all the emotional, psychological descriptions she gives so much, you know, but she did a really good work in English. Uh, that's good to read. Um, but I have asked Dr. Fabian, why don't you write a book? And he said, this should be given orally. And also people have asked me, why don't you write a book? And there is a colleague of mine who wrote a book about uh, stems and branches, and I worked with him uh, for quite a long time. And he developed in in a different direction, and so we, we disagreed about some subjects. Um, and he wrote a book. Um, I have it here. It's called uh, Acupuncture Celestial Stems and Terrestrial Branches. This is from Peter van Careful. and that's also a good book to understand the technical details. Um, but he's, Dr. Van Buren said, if you understand the technical details, you don't know anything. To be honest, when he died, just before he died, he said to me, he said, John, I, uh, I didn't succeed. I said, how can you tell that, that you didn't succeed? There are so many people uh, now treating with your ideas. Uh, in acupuncture world, and there are famous people in the world who studied with you, like uh, Giovanni Machocha, Julian Scott, Peter Tefman, name it. There are so many famous people who started studying with you. Um, I said, no, I didn't succeed. I said, what do you mean? He said, well, people still don't treat from philosophy. They still treat from from mental uh, aspects, from technical details. They need to understand energy, they need to understand Chinese philosophy and this is the basis of of, um, of Chinese medicine. And so we talked about that for quite a long time and that was about, I think, one week before he died. And um, 
I promised him to continue his work, to that, that what he started. And I, I can't be like him because I'm not. He, I'm very different and I have my own energies and I'm not as skillful as he was. But I promised him I will continue uh, in that direction to, to help people to understand Chinese philosophy and acupuncture, not only the technical details. And I understand now more than ever that it's very difficult to write this down because every situation is different. And when you write it down in technical details, it means that it could apply for every person. And that's not how it is. If I tell you about Gold in Earth, like this person born in 1984, it is for everyone different who was born in 1984. Now, try to write this down. That is not possible because when you understand Chinese philosophy, you understand life. And most of the, and I don't want to be harsh, but a lot of um, practitioners, they still are, have a, have a Western mind of cause and effect, of when I do this, this is the outcome. And that should be always like that. And that's not how it works. In Chinese philosophy, it's based on the law of analogy, which is very different from the law of cause and effect. And our Western mind is, is used to cause and effect, is used to make conclusions in, in a kind of scientific approach, because this is how we were raised. And the, the Chinese science is so much different from, from the Western science. And so, I don't know how to write this down in a book, and also he didn't know it probably. And so, he said it's good to give it orally and not to read it. So I can advise you to read this book of Peter van Careful. I, I could advise you to read the book about Russian Golden, but it doesn't mean that you can apply it, because you need to have a teacher to show you uh, how it works and to show you how life evolves instead of how form exists. Yeah, and I mean that because I, I, um, I get it. Um, and I, I really remember in the beginning of the degree when we were introduced in the course I was in, we were introduced to Eastern philosophy and informed that this would be a different way of thinking. You know, for me in my brain, I'd come from um, apprenticing with a shaman prior to my Chinese medicine degree and I absolutely loved that and dived into that. But I still remembered, I kind of had this naivety that I thought, oh, everyone's just going to start thinking this way and it's going to be great. Um, but there's quite a lot of people that graduate and go on to practice for many, many, many years and still retain their Western mode of thinking even while they're applying Chinese medicine. And I thought, isn't that interesting how people just kind of choose to sidestep it. And and to me, that wasn't even really an option in the way that I um, interacted with myself around it. So I just dove right down that rabbit hole. And, you know, I think it's a it's a better way of thinking. <laughs> well, for me, that, that really was so too. It is like uh, when I heard him, he touched, when I heard him the first time, he touched something in me, which I thought, this is what I want to learn. And uh, that was... Uh, uh, when I started learning with him, that was in 19, around 1980, I don't remember. And uh, uh, I was with him for, for about 21 years, something like that. Not every day, but I, I visited him quite a lot of times. And we were able to, to, to communicate about this. And the, 
he said also to me that um, all the colleges they teach you about five elements. All the colleges they teach you about yin and yang. They teach you about the shen. They teach you about qi. They teach you about uh, the yi, the po, the hun. How many people really work with that? He said, really. Um, nowadays, it it is they don't work quite like like that. And I, I'm completely convinced that TCM was the best way to spread acupuncture around the world. There was no better way to do that. But it doesn't end there. It's it's the beginning of understanding Chinese medicine. It's so true. TCM is really. You know, it, it lays a foundation on top of which all of the rest of it can sit, you know, and you can, if you've got that flexibility in your mind, you know, if you can let go of that need to, you know, have things in a rigid structure, then, you know, you can layer these different different ideas and different approaches all in together, you know. They don't have to be mutually exclusive. You don't have to be doing stems and branches at the exclusion of using five elements or at the exclusion of using you know any other approach true i, I completely agree with you when you tcm practitioner it doesn't mean that you have to let go of that but when you make you go a few steps deeper and you go to five elements you go to stems and branches acupuncture you can still use your tcm approach with the stems and branches approach there's nothing wrong with that but with the stems and branches approach it is understanding what is called the five movements and six G. And that means the on all levels of five movements and six G. And that the, I can't express you now in this in, in one hour what it actually how deep it goes, but it really helps you to understand on the spiritual level, on the emotional level, on the physical level, on well on all levels how the energy is balanced or unbalanced in, in yourself, but also in other people. Are your um, your courses on the website that you've given us, the Parkour Study Center, are they online or are they for people to attend in person? Yes, there there is an online website. It's it's called uh, www and they have there are different colleges now. When you said there are so, not so many people working with tangent branches, I thought maybe in Australia, but nowadays there are colleges in, in Israel, in Germany, in Poland, in Russia, in England, in Sweden, in Holland, in I think even in Iceland there's people teaching it now. There are two people in New Zealand working with it, I know that they are students of mine. So there are, there are quite a lot of people all over the world now who work with tangent branches. Great. And people can go to parkour.nl and do online courses? There are no online courses, no. No, there's no, no online. Okay. I didn't understand your question. Sorry for that. No, there are no that, online that's okay. courses. I, I tried to put some uh, some YouTube movies YouTube movies now on online to have an understanding of, of stems and branches. And people have asked me, why don't you teach online? So maybe that will come in the future. Yeah, it's the way things are going, you know, and you can your course and and you only really have to deliver it once as well and then people can do it in their own time now i would like to do it anyway Johan, <laughs> <laughs> you're going to be in melbourne um next month so july 
2017. If you're listening to this in the future, then you've missed it. But um, I know in just a few weeks you'll be here teaching exactly this topic. So um, we'll uh, we'll put a link in the show notes for anyone who's wanting to follow up on um, purchasing tickets to that seminar. I think it sounds really I'm interesting. Very, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to it. It's like also going to the Southern Hemisphere. It will be a challenge for me as well. And uh, I'm very much looking forward to, to share it uh, with people in Australia. And uh, the, the problem I have with, with online courses is that uh, when you really apply stems and branches, it means that uh, you understand the energy of the day also when you teach, you understand the energy of the month where you teach and you are in relationship with your students as you are with your patient. You try to, to communicate on the level uh, from heart to heart based also what's there, how is life evolving at that moment. And the, the danger of online courses, again, that it becomes too technical that you can explain in detail, for instance, this year 1984, but you will see when you, you follow certain lectures of me that every time I do that, it will be different, not different in, 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 in the, the general outcome of it, but every year it will be, every day it will be different because life evolves different. So the, the basic information is, of course, is similar, that won't change, but with a group of people and how you communicate with people, it will be different. Well, that is how life evolves. Yes. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm going to have to find somewhere where I can start learning some more about this. And I think that, you know, there is possibly ways that you could be delivering, you know, you can deliver things live on the internet. But, you know, it's, as long as you're teaching in the way that you want to be teaching and sharing this information, I think it's so yes, well, interesting and it's there's so much that can be applied clinically. Definitely it could be in diagnosis that will be great to deliver that part on on internet. But when you do a course, um, you also need to apply it in pulse taking. So I can I can teach you about this this year called nineteen eighty four like Goldberg and Earth. But if you're not able to feel the pulse, then it doesn't make sense in clinic. What I told you is that, for instance, when people are born golden and earth, it means that uh, water energy has a tendency to be weaker. We think about water, we think about the jing, we think about bladder and kidney, but when you, you look into the Chinese hourly clock and you think about gallbladder in the north, that also has a certain kind of water energy because the north is related to the winter. And so with Sanjiao, the three-heater, has also water aspects. So it means that when you have the tendency that the water is being insufficient, that could be all of these aspects. It could be jing, it could be gallbladder, it could be three it could be a bladder and kidney. And how do you feel that? Where do you feel that? What is actually an insufficiency of water? How do you feel that in the pulse? And if you don't know that, then you can't work with Stanzim Raji. So the Stanzim Raji lectures are always in combination with pulse taking. That you can't do on internet, mm. but for diagnostic, as for diagnostic tools, yes, of course, you can see in the body that someone has insufficiency of water or an insufficiency of kidney. That's quite easy to find in body diagnosis or face diagnosis. 
And did Dr. Van Buren have a different way of teaching pulse than the regular, like a different way of analysing or understanding pulses? Yes, I think so. He did, of course, the, 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 the general pulse taking, but also he was very much uh, five element uh, based. So he did a lot of uh, five element pulses. Um, and there has to be much more because he, he was, I never met someone who was so skillful with pulse diagnosis as he was. Um, he could feel pulse and um, he could say things about the past, things about the future. It was really amazing to see him working. Um, and so he also did things which I didn't know about. What I have learned from him was very much the five element approach on a very deep level on, and also the stems and branches approach which is slightly different. And this is what I teach now as well. Mm. Great. There's so much to learn. <laughs> I love it when we have these episodes and it just, you know, I, one of the beautiful things about Chinese medicine is that no, no matter how long you practice it for, you always feel like a beginner. You always come these full circles and sometimes you're like, yeah, I'm really, really nailing it. I feel like I'm... You know that that I I've got a lot to offer my patients, and which of course you know we do. But then you know we have these moments when we feel like we're right back at the start, and we're in this this space of not knowing. And um, yeah, it's a really great thing. You know, having been having been in practice for you know well over a decade now, it's um it's nice to have these moments where. Um, yeah, where you where you're back at the back at the start in many ways. Mm. Well, I, I started studying Chinese medicine in I think seventy four or seventy five, and I still feel a student. I think when I stop feeling a student, it stopped, and, and everything is blocked. You, if you, I think that's that's so true what you said. That it's so important that we always are students. That's, that's, that's the only way we can develop. You know, Claire and I have had this joke before that we have to send your reading list into your next life because it's already filled up. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's, you know, that's fine because I know that when I, I was 25 when I started studying acupuncture and it was in that first year that I really had a lot of cosmic experiences where I remembered myself as an acupuncturist from the past and that I was just relearning, you know. So um, see if I can relearn some more about stems and branches in this time. But if not, it's on the list for the next one. <laughs> that's, that's good. <laughs> I will be around. <laughs> I, shall, I shall incarnate near someone who can give me the verbal transmission. <laughs> you know, coming into this episode, I was thinking, you know, what I really want to get out of this episode, you know, for myself and also for our listeners was, you know, just to get an understanding of, I mean, sometimes sometimes people talk about different different approaches and different acupuncture philosophies and and sometimes it feels like a real, just more of an academic exercise. It doesn't necessarily feel like it adds any value your clinical practice but I've always felt and known from what from what other people have said about using stems and branches in clinic is that it's really clinically applicable and that once you work out 
how to do it, that it has a big impact on your outcomes for your patients. And so, yeah, I, I'm hoping that um, as well as me and Fiona, that, that our listeners have also got a sense of, you know, what we might be missing out on and what we could be adding to our clinical practice by looking further into this topic. So thank you for for sharing some of that, um, some of your insights so that we can see what could be possible if we brought this into our clinics. Well, well thank you for having me. And uh, um, I think that's very important what you said. And while I have a clinic for, for so many years now, and I, I have a lot of patients in my clinic and I only treat with stem gene branches, and, um, it's very applicable in clinic. That, that is for sure. Yeah, and even even for someone's personal journey, to you know, yes. learn this yes, and and be able to leverage their own strengths and weaknesses better. Definitely, that that comes with it. <laughs> that comes with it. It's that's uh, the basic. Actually, is that that um, I I I don't want to be too technical about uh, all these chapters in in the emerging, uh, but when you read emerging very carefully. You can see that when the when the practitioner is in balance, his treatment will be more in balance. If the practitioner has a lot of desires, or is himself is out of balance, or very angry, or very emotional, then the outcome of the of the treatment will be different. And stems and branches will help you also to get more in balance with yourself and understand yourself and have less desires and so the, the the outcome of your treatment will be different as well and this is not what i i know only from my own experience but this is also written down in the suen yeah just all the ancient wisdoms associated with self-knowledge that really come back to how that's really where everything starts and um you know, I see this as part of the beautiful legacy of personal cultivation that um, China has to offer. Yes, definitely. definitely. Mm. Well, thank you so much for speaking with us today. And uh, just a reminder to the Australians, is it just Melbourne? I think it's just Melbourne. Um, you can get... There's tickets available for the seminar from chiology.com.au and the seminar's in Melbourne on Friday the 21st till Monday the 24th of July in 2017. So it's only a couple of weeks away. Um, there's still some tickets left. We've just checked um, just checked recently with, um, with the people who are organising. So there, um, there's definitely some time to still get along if you want to know more about stems and branches. Mm, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Pack some warm clothes. It's really cold in Melbourne. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, what, I don't know what I have to think about, but we'll stay in Melbourne uh, just for, a few, I think, nine days. And My family is coming to Australia then, and then we go more to the north, so hopefully it will be a bit more warm. <laughs> yeah, we have great food, but terrible weather. It doesn't snow, but it's just really cold. So, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure I will enjoy it. I, I always wanted to be in Australia, so um, I think I will enjoy it. Yeah, mm. great. Great.
Thanks for being on the show today and thank you to all our listeners. Uh, we love having you join us um, to listen and, and uh, share in all of this knowledge that we, that we search the world, the four corners of the world, and we bring to you um, via our episode. So thank you for listening and we'd love to hear your feedback on our Facebook page. You can join the conversation and let us know what your thoughts are on this topic. Thanks for listening. Bye for now. Bye for now. Bye-bye.